Welcome into the show for today, guys. This is your Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. And you guys can hit me up on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. When you guys follow over there, you get links to these shows that go out Monday through Friday. You get them right when they're posted. You get all the Twitter content that I put out there on the fantasy baseball side. Well, pretty much all of my Twitter content is fantasy baseball related. And then my articles on Sunday afternoons, which typically recap the previous week, look ahead to the next week. Sometimes we do a buy low, sell high. We've done an award edition. This past week, we did a list of five players that you can be dropping off your rosters, get rid of some dead weight, and five players that you should be adding. You can find it on sportsethos.com, and you can also find it in my Twitter feed. Also ask you guys today if you would be so kind to leave a positive review on the podcast, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, however it is you consume us, we'd really appreciate you guys punching down on the five-star button. Even the four-star button, we'd really appreciate just some kind of positive reviews. Move us up in search results a little bit here in the early going. We're still technically early going, even though we're in like the 80-episode range. Still wanting to uh, help this thing grow and be seen by more people. So you guys can really help by just hitting the five-star button. One last thing that I will announce, and I've said it the last couple of days on the show, but I'll say it again here. We are expanding our baseball team here at Sports Ethos, particularly looking for writers. If you guys want to write about either baseball or fantasy baseball, we are looking for some podcasters as well. Uh, we've had a couple of people reach out on that side, so thank you to you guys who have reached out already. We are looking more so for either A, someone who will write on a regular basis, either daily, weekly, whatever, as long as it's some kind of regular regular articles or written work coming out. That's one side. And there's also uh, a need for team coverage of mostly we're talking about Major League Baseball here. There's also some openings in the NBA and NFL if you guys are interested, you can reach out for those as well. I'll send you along to the right folks. But on the baseball side, we are looking for some team coverage podcasts. We currently have the Braves, and we have the Dodgers in the works, as well as the fantasy content. We are looking to grow that. So reach out to me via DM on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, if you guys do think that you have what it takes to write about baseball, podcast about baseball, whatever the case may be, send me a DM. We can get the conversation going there. We have a pretty standard show set up for you today. Looking back on yesterday's top performances, we'll be looking ahead to hopefully some of today's top performers. We'll be looking at some pitching matchups to keep an eye on this evening and this afternoon. There are some day games as well. And I will also be going through the waiver wire, talking about some of today's more added and dropped players. If you guys haven't already figured this out, I focus more on daily changes leagues. Obviously, I put out my article on Sunday to try and help you guys in weekly changes leagues. And a lot of the stuff that I say does apply to both. But during the week here, if I'm saying, obviously, if you should add somebody on a Wednesday, that's going to apply to a daily changes league. And I do tend to focus on that more if that's something. And maybe you're new to the show and trying to figure out what I'm about exactly. That's more the direction that I gear it towards. Head-to-head uh, -head category leagues are my bread and butter. They're what I've been playing forever. All types of fantasy, basketball and baseball specifically. Uh, but that is what I tend to focus on. I still play some points leagues. I still play some roto, but I do prefer um, me some head-to-head -head category leagues. So that's just something I don't know that I've really ever actually said it on here. I mean, you guys have inferred it, I'm sure, from my content. But those are the leagues where I do pay the most attention to that I do enjoy the most. So that's that's what I talk about the most. I think that makes the most sense. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because I know it's probably already out there, but just... Just in case uh, you guys, maybe you're listening to the first time or whatever, you're wondering what this show is going to be like, that's typically what it will be. So let's start by looking back on yesterday's top performers. Sandy Alcantara, 
You could argue maybe Max Scherzer, just because coming off the injured list, very impressive. But we'll start with Sandy here. He went eight innings. One of his best games of the season. It's hard to pick, really. Um, the 14 strikeout game against Atlanta was probably his best, but this was very close. Uh, eight innings, two hit ball, 10 strikeouts. He did get the victory. In terms of points league scoring, it was the second highest scoring game of the year behind that Atlanta game. So, I mean, you could maybe argue it was his best game of the year. Sandy's great. Sandy is outrageous. Uh, the strikeout numbers have been a little up and down recently. Uh, the previous few starts, we saw three, four, and then eight, and then five and six. And then, yes, he's capable of doing eight, nine, 14, uh, like we saw, 10 yesterday. He can be a kind of all over the place strikeout-wise. And it's actually a little bit lower than you would think if you're just thinking what was his strikeouts per nine inning be this season. It's 7.81. You'd expect it to be higher than that. Still been very serviceable. If I have a concern with Sandy Alcantara, it's that the pitches are just really high every time. Every time this guy is throwing at least 100 pitches. For I mean, there was 96 a couple starts back against the Mets. He didn't have as great of an outing that time, so they weren't trying to push him. But every time out, pretty much, he's getting pushed to 105, 110, close to like 115 every time. And I don't really like it, to be honest with you, from a fantasy perspective. If he was just throwing, you know, 90 pitches every time, 90 to 100 instead of 100 to 120 range, uh, you're going to save some mileage for later in the season. I hope that the wheels don't fall off with Sandy. I don't expect it to. But uh, when you're running up the pitch count this much, it's a lot. It's really uh, – it's, it's not. I'm not going to say it's too much because it's hard to say exactly what is too much. But he's already thrown 123 innings this season. We're not even at the All-Star break. We're looking at what should be easily 200 innings from Sandy here. No question. Uh, I don't expect Mattingly or the Marlins to hold him back at all. When they try and hold him back, when they try and take him out of a game a little bit prematurely perhaps uh, – he loses his mind on the mound, and there was that couple of there was a couple of clips. There's one from the dugout where he got taken out in the eighth inning, I think it was, and throws his glove around. And you'd like to see the competitiveness, but at the same time, might be putting some pressure on the team to let him go out there longer. Maybe they're listening. I don't know. But every single start, I mean, eight innings, nine innings, seven, eight, seven and two thirds, nine, seven, eight, nine, eight, seven. Like that's a lot of innings. That's a lot of mileage to rack up on a guy before the All Star break. I worry a little bit about those last few weeks of the season. Specifically, though, there's a couple of factors here. A, if he's burnt out. If he's just getting to the point where, you know, he's going to need to not be going as deep into ball games, that will limit his fantasy value at a crucial time in the year, if that does happen. And, you know, it's possible. It, I think that it's closer to likely than possible that he does get a little bit burnt out this season. Uh, factor two would be the Marlins just being out of a playoff race and them saying, all right, uh, these last couple starts of the year, you're either A, you're not going to start or you're not going to go very deep or what have you. See something along the lines of like a Freddie Peralta from last year and what I think possibly may happen with Shane McClanahan, although the Rays have been smarter with Shane McClanahan than the, uh, than the Mariners have, than the Mariners, than the Marlins have been with Sandy Alcantara. They've been using him about 90-ish, 90 to 100 pitches every time. And a lot of the games where you see McClanahan go out there, he gets pulled in the seventh inning, sixth inning, eighth inning, whatever you think he could have done another inning or two. Uh, he just looks that good. He dominated the Blue Jays' last time. You think, yeah, he could have probably done another inning. There's no need to push it. Uh, the Marlins always seem to be pushing it with Alcantara here. Every time, at least 100-plus pitches, I'm a little bit worried. I'm not saying that we need to be selling him, but I wouldn't be, like, terribly opposed to it. Either him uh, – I mean, I, 
McClanahan, I was saying earlier in the year, I wouldn't mind it either. I'm, the way that they're handling him, I'm more okay with it. I think the Rays are a little bit smarter than, I mean, we know that they're foxes. These guys know how to, to take advantage of people's in trades every time, uh, waiver pickups, what have you. They know what they're doing, and they appear to have smartened up here with, um, with McClanahan. Not that they were being stupid or anything before. I was just worried about how exactly they would approach him long term, and he's been... He's been great, but they've also not pushed him too far, whereas the Marlins push Alcantara every single start. I think that that may wear him down a little bit as the year goes on. I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to be watching it. Uh, let's talk about Max Scherzer now. He came back and did not miss a beat. Six innings, two hits, 11 strikeouts. He walked, or sorry, he hit one batter, didn't walk a guy. Uh, in his six innings, 79 pitches. That's all it took him to strike out 11 batters. Tough ballpark, yes. Granted, not a very tough lineup, but a tough ballpark where the ball does tend to leave the yard a lot. He looked like Max Scherzer again. He looked exactly like you would have hoped him to look. Uh, yeah, there's there's not really too much you can say here. Uh, Max is going to be dominant until he retires, it appears. There's a few guys. Uh, he's in that same kind of breath as as his old teammate, Justin Verlander, although I do think that we'll be able to see Scherzer last a little bit longer in the in this league. For whatever reason, I don't know. There's something with, with Verlander with the strikeout numbers being a little bit down maybe. I just worry that he's he's actually starting to possibly decline a little bit. And I know you won't, you won't see that really from the numbers. It's just when you see certain things, certain characteristics uh, start to leave a pitcher a little bit, like the strikeouts with Verlander. Not that he was ever a massive, massive strikeout guy. And I'm going to probably sound like a bit of a fool saying it, but I just don't think he is as good as he once was. And yes, coming off an eight-inning shutout probably sounds rather foolish. But I stand by it. I don't think that Verlander is as good as he once was. Not to really, not meant to drag him into this conversation. This is about Max Scherzer. I just think if you're looking at who's going to last longer, who would I rather have one or the other, I would say Scherzer, just because mainly he's still able to get these massive strikeout numbers up. They both play for very good teams. I just, like I said, uh, I worry about Verlander. A couple years older. I don't know why I brought him into this, to be honest with you. I just think that they're very easily uh, easy to compare kind of pitchers. They used to be teammates. Uh, they're both going to the Hall of Fame on the first try. Uh, I think Scherzer. Does Scherzer have four Cy Youngs now? I actually can't remember. I think I, I'm pretty sure Verlander has two Cy Youngs, and Scherzer has either three or four. Uh, he's got three Cy Youngs. He's got three. No... Not, no intention to slander Verlander there. I just find them very easy to compare, and I think I would prefer to have Max Scherzer. Uh, let's talk about a few position players now. Usually these conversations are dominated by pitchers. Pitchers tend to score a little bit higher when I do evaluate this. I look at the highest scoring players uh, from Yahoo the night before on a, for points leagues, but that does tend to tell you who the top performers were as a whole. So when I go through this list, there's only a, there's the two pitchers at the top of the list, and then we don't see another pitcher until Jose Quintana, <clears throat> which is there's about 10 position players in between there. Now, we're not going to talk about every single one of them, but there are a few I wanted to get to. So Alex Kirilov hit two home runs yesterday. He's someone that I mentioned on the weekend in my article that you guys should be adding because the power is about to break through. Uh, it's something that was you could see it coming. The hard hit rate over 50%. Overall, just looking really a lot more comfortable in the box than he was earlier in the season. Now, last year, he was actually not too bad. Uh, people like to just think to early in this year when he stunk and then got sent back down. He's very good. He's very highly touted, and he showed us that why, or he showed us why yesterday. 
with three hits and two home runs. Uh, the third hit was just a single, but he scored three times. He knocked in three runs. He's a solid play. Alex Kirloff, for me, is a solid play. Now, on the other side, we take, we take our lumps here as well as taking our victory laps. Uh, Max Muncy, who I said you guys should probably be dropping, he had a very nice day yesterday, and I still think that he's probably on the, on the chopping block here, but he did have a home run, scored three times, walked a couple times, and he even stole a base. Goddamn Max Muncy. This guy actually stole a base. Unbelievable. You'd never expect it, but there it is. You're welcome for telling you guys to drop him. That's what happens when you write something like that. Then they tend to go off, but you saw it from both ends last night with Kirloff and with Muncy. So I don't think that Maxi or Maxi that Muncy is someone who's really a necessary hold. Yeah, it was a nice game, but they're very few and far between recently. He does have a couple of home runs, but on the season as a whole, he's still batting 171. If you're in an OBP league or a league that really incentivizes walks, then sure, I'm fine with it. But I think in most standard leagues, Muncy can be on the chopping block. Now, there's actually one more player who I mentioned in that article who had a good game yesterday, and that was Jack Sawinski. Uh, Jack Sawinski hit himself a home run. He was two for four with a home run, two runs, and two RBIs. Another guy who I said you should be adding, even just in the short term, just to give you a little bit of a power boost. If that's all it is, then fine. I think that he can be a longer-term guy than that, but even if it is just a short-term, he's very hot right now and someone that you guys should be going and adding. So that's it for uh, the guys that I wrote about this weekend uh, in terms of yesterday's top performers. Now, there are a couple that I wanted to discuss as well. Kyle Schwarber. Holy crap, man. Like, this guy, every year, uh, well, the last two Junes in particular, ridiculous. He's carried it over into July now. He had two home runs yesterday. Also drew a walk, scored three times. He's going to be an all-star despite hitting 219 on the year. Really funny stuff out of Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Nate Lowe, I actually really like him. I Actually, excuse me, I think it's, he prefers Nathaniel now, but whatever whatever the case may be. He hit a home run last night. He drove in three. He walked a couple times. He's up to 282 on the season. Uh, he's just kind of like a filler. You know, He's not someone who's necessarily going to be leading your team. But at the same time, he's still ranked inside the top 150. 12 home runs. He's got one steal. I wouldn't expect too many, but he did have eight last year, so he can chip in the odd one here and there. I keep the average not too bad for a first baseman. I do think there are better options out there if you are looking to upgrade your first base slot, but he's pretty solid. I'm going to be prioritizing guys like Christian Walker and Rowdy Telez over him, but still uh, not a bad option in a slightly deeper format. Anywhere like 15 team and deeper, absolute must roster. Even you can make the case in a 12-teamer. Uh, Cedric Mullins, he went three for four yesterday. A single, two doubles, two runs, three RBIs, and a couple of walks. We've mentioned him earlier this week. He's not been what you paid for exactly, but he's still been very serviceable to this point of the year. No massive complaints. Uh, Austin Riley, he hit a home run as well yesterday. Drove in three, had three hits. He's about what you would have hoped for this season. Uh, 269 batting average, 21 homers, 51 RBIs. Even stolen a couple of bags for you. He's been totally fine. Alex Bregman has started to come out of his slump a little bit recently. He hit a home run, uh, two runs, and two RBIs yesterday. He had a lot of Babbitt luck earlier in the year. Uh, the batting average on balls in play was very rough, so we've started to see that turn around a little bit here. He scored a lot of fantasy points recently, and no reason to think he can't keep it up going forward. Uh, Jose Quintana. We'll finally get the Jose Quintana here. He went five innings, struck out seven, and gave up one earned run and six hits. And for those of you that aren't aware, it was against the New York Yankees. He did a stellar job over five against the Yankees, got a victory. And I heard him talked about this morning on Twitter, I think it was J.P. Morosi was talking about uh, 
Blue Jays and, and one other team were interested in Quintana. Now, he's not exactly the guy I would hope for if I'm the Jays. Maybe aim a little bit higher. But he's been very solid over these last few outings against New York, Washington, Chicago, even San Francisco a few outings back. Uh, he's done a very good job. Now, only two wins in 16 games. Despite a 333 ERA, you can attribute that to the terrible team that he plays on. But still, Quintana uh, has done a very good job. I think he will be a trade chip. I just... Hoping the Jays aim a little bit higher than that. I'm not sure who that would be exactly, but maybe if the Jays or whoever wants to acquire uh, some pitching help in the rotation and in the pen, they can go for Quintana and David Bednar. Doesn't seem too far-fetched to me. Uh, Corey Seager continued uh, his, I wouldn't say hot streak, but he's getting a lot of hits recently, scoring a lot of fantasy points. Uh, he had a home run, two runs scored, and drove in three. He's disappointing a little bit this season. Uh, the batting average for sure has been disappointing, but on the whole, still giving you 16 home runs, uh, just about 80 runs and RBIs together there. Three steals, not bad, you know, for a little bit more. But overall, I think a little bit disappointing, but still very serviceable from a fantasy point of view. Uh, Nick Lodolo, he went four and two-thirds in his first match in two and a half months. Uh, April 24th was his last game that he played. He'd been out a long time. Four and two-thirds, three hits. He did walk three, but he struck out eight. Very solid stuff out of him. Pitch count got a little bit up there. He also did hit a batter. Now, I don't think that he is a must-roster player. I think that he's a fine guy to stream in in certain matchups. He gets the Rays next time out, so it's kind of it's not really sure what you're going to get with the Rays. Sometimes they're fantastic offensively. Sometimes they're pretty piss poor. I would say... Probably you can stay away there, see how he does. If he does well, okay, then go and pick him up. I don't think that it's going to kill you if you miss out on him. He's a fine back-end kind of guy this year anyway. I think going forward, yeah, there's a lot of promise. And he had a very good outing yesterday, which is very good. I would just be cautious going forward, expecting expecting miracles the rest of the season. Uh, There's a couple more players we'll touch on here. So Matt Chapman went three for four. He had a home run and a couple RBIs yesterday in his old stomping grounds at Oakland after going over three in the previous game. I still think that he's someone you can buy a little bit low on. Uh, the hard hit numbers have been really, really good. The power has been kind of there, not really. It's about what you expect from Chapman, honestly. A little bit more power, maybe, but this is average-wise, 220. It's pretty much where you'd expect him to be. So I would be trying to buy, hoping to get a little bit of a power surge in the second half. The Jays' lineup has not been up to par this year, and they're starting to figure it out now. Uh, once they do... Once they're all working together and everybody's performing well, there's going to be no question that Chapman will outperform uh, where he is, what he's doing right now anyway. So he's, for me, still a buy. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, he's a freak of nature. He hit another home run yesterday, also drew another walk. 313 average with 25 homers, 53 runs, 58 RBIs, 41 walks on the season. He's ridiculous. He is absolutely ridiculous. Really glad that his injury stuff did not turn into anything serious. That is nice. Uh, let's move on. Bobby Witt, he took a pitch on the hand yesterday. It looked like he swung at the pitch. I wasn't watching the game. I saw clips of it. I'm not sure if they called that one a strike or not. I think technically by the rules, uh, he broke the plate. So, I mean, it's going to be a strike. Uh, I honestly don't know what the outcome was there, but he left. Uh, the x-rays were clean. Hopefully that this is not too long of an absence for Bobby Witt. For fantasy managers and for Royals fans and for baseball fans, you want to see someone this young and talented out there on the field. I mean, you got to think it's fairly encouraging that it's negative. Uh, hopefully, probably a couple of days, and then we'll see him get back into the lineup there. That's what I would hope. I'm not really sure, but that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Seiya Suzuki, 
come back now in two straight games, and he's hit a home run in both of them. I have him, and I don't play many weekly changes leagues. I said it off the top. I'm more of a daily changes leagues. In both of the daily changes leagues, or both, sorry, both of the weekly changes leagues that I play in, I have Say Suzuki, and in both of those leagues, he is on the bench this week. I just didn't trust it first week back. I thought, you know, he'd play three, four games. They'd ease him back in. He'd have two or three hits, whatever. But he has, in these two games, got four hits, two home runs, a couple of runs, four RBIs. It's appearing to be uh, that I screwed up. But anyway, that kind of thing does happen. I, it wasn't like I ignored him and, and forgot about him. I, I actively put him there uh, on the bench or left him on the bench because I just didn't trust it this week. So it just goes to show you, you can't always get it right. Ah, man, I'm paying the price for that one there, unfortunately. Uh, that should pretty much do it for our wrap-up of yesterday's stuff. Uh, Reddy Telez hit another home run. He's been on a hot streak. Um, not too much really to cover. Oh, maybe one more guy, actually. Alex Wood. He had a very good start over his five innings, four hits, one run, four strikeouts, and he left with a hamstring injury. Actually, I'm not even sure if they would have taken him out anyway. Or, I mean, I'm thinking they would have probably let him go, uh, but he left with this hamstring problem. Now, he's been one of the more underperforming players all year. I really like Alex Wood. I think there's still a chance for him to turn it around as we move forward. Uh, a good step in the right direction this last time out anyway. It, it really drives me nuts with him because – and him and Alex Cobb both. Uh, both have great advanced numbers. Both have been really unlucky. And we haven't really seen the results. So hopefully this hamstring is nothing too serious for Wood and he gets back out there. Maybe he misses a start in the rotation. Hopefully we can just, you know, hopefully he can not miss one and just keep going here. Let's now move on to the most added and dropped players today. At this point, the number one added player is Brian Bayo. I believe it's Bayo. Now, Eric Cross tweeted something out this morning. Yeah, Brian Bayo. I assume Bello. Uh, those of you who speak any kind of Italian or a couple other languages too. I think bello is like beautiful. That's what it means, or beautiful, whatever. <clears throat> that's what the bell prefix means. And then o, I think, is masculine. Get, uh, getting into conjugating Italian here, probably should stick away from that kind of thing. But I thought it was bello. I thought it was Brian Bello. But Eric knows a lot more about prospects than really pretty much anybody does. So I'm trusting his pronunciation. It's also just Brian, from what I understand. It's not Brian. It's spelled Brian, but it's just. From what I understand, Brian Bayo. Everybody got that? I think I do, but you guys know how much I struggle with pronouncing names. For whatever reason, I'm just terrible with that. I can never just look at a random name from a different culture. I, maybe sometimes I do, but most of the time I look at it and I just butcher it. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that, but uh, I think I'm worse than the average person. Anyway, he should be at it for... Long story, a roundabout way of saying Brian Bello, I think, should be added if you're talking about 12-team leagues. I don't know exactly how long he's going to stay up in the major leagues. Uh, not really sure if he's going to have one start or, I mean, if he does well, I'm sure he'll stay up, but they haven't really made any kind of announcements of long-term planning from what I've seen anyway. Maybe they have it. I've missed it, but I haven't seen any kind of thing like one way or the other, really. Bayo will stay with the club. Bayo will go down to minors for whatever. Like, no, no kind of announcements, but they're probably waiting to see how he will do in this game. It's not the trickiest of matchups. It's not the easiest of matchups. It is Tampa Bay. 
They're a little bit streaky of a team, uh, and they did well over the weekend. So far this week, I haven't actually really paid too much attention to how the Rays have done. Uh, let's see. They won yesterday, and they lost on Monday. They're still on a pretty decent streak here. I'd say that Bayo can be added if you're in a 12-team league. Try it out. I mean, he's got really excellent minor league numbers this season, a 233 ERA. 114 strikeouts in 85 innings. He needs to keep the walks down a little bit, 33 walks in 85 innings. But overall, uh, he's got a very solid player profile. He can be a, an excellent pitcher, and I, w I would take a shot here. I think I would take a shot, depending on who you're dropping. Preferably, it's a streaming spot, and you're not dropping anybody of too much consequence. Uh, but yes, I, I would I would make the, make the jump on Bellow if you can. Uh, David Peterson, he had his start pushed back a little bit, or did it, was it moved up? Uh, no, it was originally going to be Thursday, and now it's Wednesday. Uh, they've had to move around a couple of things. He gets the Reds tonight. I'm going to be confidently starting him if I have him. I don't actually have any shares of him, uh, but I really like David Peterson. Last three outings, it's been six innings, seven innings, five and a third, with 10, eight, and seven strikeouts, respectively. Good whip in those outings. Over the last two weeks, the whip is at .69 over 13 innings. So I really like what he's been able to give you. I would be streaming him if possible here against uh, Cincinnati. Alex Cobb, man, a couple of good starts in a row for Alex Cobb, and he has another good matchup here tonight against Arizona. I'd be all over it. I'd be all over Alex Cobb if he's still available in your leagues. 37% rostered. Go out and grab him. I know that he's been a bit of a, a roller coaster this year. There is no player in all of Major League Baseball that I'm more confident for a turnaround in the second half than Alex Cobb. He is absolutely my number one poster boy for a turnaround in the second half. And if I'm wrong, I don't even care. That's how confident I am about Alex Cobb. He's been so unlucky. He's literally just been... like It's, it's hard to fathom his, his terrible luck that he's had so far this season. Uh, the BABIP, terrible. Left on base, terrible increases in strikeout and ground ball percentages like he's just done everything that you should do when you're looking to be successful right ground ball rate up strikeouts yes everything looks good except for the actual results the era still after a couple of nice starts is at 4.59 i would be very confident in him going forward and i would add without even thinking about it go ahead and grab alex cobb spencer watkins is the next guy being added here it's kind of a desperate stream, to be honest, if you're going for Watkins midweek here. He was pretty good in his last couple of outings. I just don't – I wouldn't be chasing Orioles starters. We've seen it a little bit with Kramer and Tyler Wells. Uh, I'm just – I'm too much exposure to the Orioles for me. I'm, I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all. Uh, Harold Ramirez, we've talked about the last couple of days on the show. Not a massive priority for me. I think that this has just been a hot streak that we, he will cool down from. So it's going to be a no for me on Harold Ramirez. Uh, Merrill Kelly, I like Merrill Kelly. I think that in the right situation, he can be streamed. Uh, here against San Francisco, I think it's, it's kind of a toss-up. I'd say probably safe uh, this point of the week. So how, depending on how you guys have done, you might want to start him. If you know your ERA is already ruined, then you don't really have much to lose. This is what I've said a lot of times on the show. If your ERA is already at six or seven for the week and you're already kind of screwed, then you don't really have anything to risk by streaming guys in who are a little bit more risky, like Merrill Kelly. Uh, you're hoping for some strikeouts, the chance of a win, which he will give you. Uh, decent ERA and decent whip should be able to give you. Uh, there is obviously some chance when you're facing a decent team that they're going to hit you around when you're facing any team. And Merrill Kelly is not exactly overpowering. So I understand the caution. 
like I said, uh, if you know your categories, if you're thinking, okay, if you have like a zero ERA for the week and you're trying to keep it pristine and only start your best options, then no. Then I'm not starting Merrill Kelly. Uh, there's a few people I know in my home league, one team in particular, ERA every week seems to be zero. Every week until like Thursday, they'll give up a couple of runs. End of the week, it'll be like 1.35 or something. And you, you just have no chance. You're not going to want to risk that with a guy like Merrill Kelly. But at the same time, if your ERA is blown to hell, there's no worries in going and throwing him out there. Alex Kirilov, he's been added quite a bit. We already talked about him. Absolutely. Go ahead and add. Uh, let's, uh, well, one more guy, actually, I think we should talk about. Trevor Rogers. I've seen a lot of people advocating going out and grabbing Trevor Rogers. I don't really think that that's necessary. If you guys really want to go and deal with a roller coaster that has been Trevor Rogers, be my guest. I'm out. I'm out on him. Whatever happens this season, he's just been too awful to really put up with. Last start out was pretty okay, sure. He went five innings against the Nationals, only gave up one run. It was the Nationals. Uh, you know, people changing their outlook on him based on one start against a shitty team. It's, it's another thing I've mentioned on the show. It's his knee-jerk reactions in the fantasy community. I don't understand it. He has been shithouse all year, and I'm going to be leaving him right where he is on the waiver wires in a couple of my leagues. A couple of the leagues in a, that I'm in, he was dropped and picked up, and people were on the message board saying, ah, I got a free Trevor Rogers. It's like, yeah, you got free Trevor Rogers. You got him free for a reason uh, because of the way he has been performing. So I am not going to be interested in scooping him up. To each their own, but for me, Trevor Rogers, I am out on, completely out. Let's move on to some of the drops, and then we will go into the matchup of the day, and then I'll let you guys go. So Yusei Kikuchi, he's been dropped quite a bit. He should be dropped in every single league. Like I would like to see Kikuchi's roster percentage go down to zero at this point. I was a big proponent of his earlier in the season, and it really, really sucks. Uh, after he was very serviceable in the month of May, June was an unmitigated disaster for him. July started out in the exact same vein. He walked, I think, five batters. He hit two other batters. He was just terrible, just, just awful. I expect that the Blue Jays are going to, at the very least, send him down to the minor leagues, if not just designate him for assignment and get him the hell out of town. I don't think that he needs to be rostered in even one one single fantasy league. I don't think that there's a need for it. If you're in like a 100-team league and every single player in the world is rostered, maybe other than that, get him the hell off your rosters. He's not necessary. Uh, Kyle Hendricks went on the IL with a shoulder strain. He's been dropped by a lot of teams. I understand that he's more of a advantageous streamer. He had done well these last few times out, but at this point of the year, holding dead weight on the roster like that, even when he comes back, what are you going to get out of Kyle Hendricks? You know, you're going to get a couple of decent games, maybe. I'd move on for something a little bit nicer on the waiver wire. Uh, again, pretty much like it is every day, the guys who have been dropped a lot are the guys who had poor outings in the previous day or were just added for stream. So uh, Kyle Quantrill's been dropped. Alex Wood's been dropped. I would hold on. I wouldn't be dropping him just yet. I understand, but I would wait a little bit. Uh, Jameson Tyone has been dropped. He had a, another bad start here. I'm not out on him yet, but I'm definitely a little bit worried. Chris Taylor has a fracture in his foot. Uh, he will be out for, I'm not sure if they've announced a timeline here. Uh, I don't think they've announced anything. It will be definitely for a couple of weeks, at least I would imagine. Uh, I don't know how serious this is, but I, I understand dropping him. He hasn't been so great this year. Uh, he's someone I would IL if possible, but I'd also understand if you wanted to move on. Jeffrey Springs, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. I kind of understand it, but I want to stick with him a little bit longer. Uh, if 
few advanced stats where really he was getting lucky earlier in the year with his left on base percentage. Uh, in particular, from what I remember, it was like 98% for a while or something crazy like that. It's not going to maintain that same pace. I think he could still have some value. The Rays are the Rays. They are going to Ray, and they are going to have guys just perform. So uh, that is what my completely non-scientific reasoning behind why I would keep Jeffrey Springs. Started off very well. Yes, he's getting a little bit lucky, but I think he's better than what we've seen here. Uh, so it finally happened with Nick Pavetta. He got rocked around a little bit yesterday. Seven runs in five and two-thirds. And we saw 1,200-plus leagues on Yahoo say, oh, great, that was enough for me. It was all it really was going to take, I guess, with Pavetta. I know that's not that many leagues. It's enough. It's not that many. But people were just waiting for one bad start and that one bad start, and that's it. That's it. The Angels' start a few weeks back wasn't great, but he had 11 Ks, so at least it didn't sting so much. Uh, five and two-thirds, four Ks here. If you look at what he gave you yesterday, it was 11.12 ERA, 1.76 whip. It's not something that I don't I don't think he's going to be that bad. I I really have gone back and forth on Pavetta this season, but he's been consistently very good. So I'm not going to be giving up on him because of one bad start. That's For me, uh, I like to be a little bit more patient with my moves. And with Pavetta here, he's proven that he belongs this year. So I'm not going to be moving on from him just yet. Let's now talk about my matchup of the day. There's just one matchup that I'm really going to be interested in. There are a couple. Obviously, we're going to be keeping an eye on Bayo. going to be keeping an eye on uh, Trevor Rogers to some degree, just for a laugh more than anything else. But I think the one that I'm really interested in here is St. Louis and Atlanta. It's going to be Miles Michaelis and Max Freed. They've both been outstanding to this point in the season. Michaelis coming off a bit of a rough outing against Philadelphia where he struck out only one over five and a third. Gave up four runs and a home run. Only two of the runs were earned, but still gave up four. Uh, Max Freed, they have very similar numbers, except Freed obviously more of a strikeout pitcher. But 101 innings for Freed, 100 for Michaelis, 266 ERA for Freed, 261 for Michaelis, 101 whip for Freed, and .99 for Michaelis. Very similar matchup there, uh, multiple. Not similar type of pitchers, but similar stats to this point of the season. Very good teams, very good lineups. This is one I'm going to be keeping my eye on. For me, they're both starts. I'm thinking that one of them will probably not have as good of a start as the other. That's usually how it works, Joe. Stupid moron I am. But I'm thinking there will be one who really outperforms the other one here. Uh, Should be both very startable, but I'm expecting probably a better outing from Freed. That St. Louis lineup is dangerous, though, so... It's hard to say really uh, exactly, but I, I don't know. just got a feeling that this is going to be one to keep an eye on tonight. So it is probably the most evenly matched uh, matchup that we have tonight. Evenly matched matchup. Listen to my great English skills there. Uh, I think that this one is going to be definitely the most noteworthy one of the night to keep an eye on anyway. I know a lot of people will be watching Bayo, but this is the one that I will be watching most likely. Maybe flip it back and forth a little bit. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Uh, sorry if the show's coming out a little bit later. I still do have COVID. I still have a sore throat. I'm trying to have a bunch of tea and lozenges and stuff in the morning and work up a bit of a base here too, so I can talk for a little while and then after this go back to the recovery room. More tea and more, you know, scargling with salt water and all that kind of stuff, disinfectant essentially. Uh, but we were able to get through it. We've been able to get through shows this week. I'm very happy about that. My family is totally a lot sicker than I am. I got really lucky, like hospitalized, kind of sick, a couple members of my family because of this COVID. Uh, I've been very blessed, very lucky that I didn't get hit as hard. So that's why I'm still able to give you guys shows. There's a, there was a chance uh, the dice roll is another way that I would have had to take this week off because of the COVID. But no, we've been good.
So uh, I'll leave you guys with a couple of brief exit announcements. Again, uh, the trade deadline show. I mentioned it yesterday. I've put it out on Twitter. It's my pinned tweet on Twitter, at JoeArico99. That is where you can find uh, the list so far of people who will be appearing on the trade deadline show. Uh, I don't want to even start naming them off because I'm going to start forgetting them. But everybody who you're going to want to see is going to be there. Maybe not everybody, but I'm going to have a lot of great fantasy baseball personalities podcasters, analysts, writers, what have you. A lot of different people are going to be joining me. Some people are still maybes, depending on what their plans are that given weekend and that following, I think it's on a Tuesday, so what will be happening then, they're still not sure about. So a couple of guys who are on the fence, I don't even want to throw their names out there in case it doesn't work out, but some really big-name guys who we're hoping to get on the show here still. So that is announcement numero uno. Uh, The second one, like I said off the top, Go ahead and send me a DM if you guys want to start doing some sports writing. If you guys are interested in writing about a team or writing about fantasy baseball or just writing about the game of baseball in general, we have a lot of options here available. So shoot me a DM once again at JoeOrico99 and I will get back to you pretty immediately and we'll talk about what you can do uh, writing-wise, podcasting-wise perhaps if you want to do some kind of team coverage. Go ahead and reach out best way that you can do something is reach out. That's how this started for me. I reached out to Dan Bespris when he was talking about hiring uh, baseball people. And I was on board and I sent him a message. And what is it, eight months later, here we are. So it can happen. Things can change in your life. This has been a great positive change in my life. And I hope that at least one or two of you guys are listening. I know I've had a couple people reach out already. Hopefully a couple more of you who have stuck around to this point in the video listen and reach out hopefully start doing something a little bit different a little bit more a little bit cooler than what you're doing right now anyway i know this is a lot cooler than what i was doing six eight months ago so guys we will leave you with that hope everybody has a great day and we will see you back here tomorrow cheers everybody